0: who talks what at whatever time, the volume. Because I tend to talk way, way louder than my guests. <laughs> I, not only do I talk much louder than my guests, I hold the microphone directly to my mouth. Like, I, I, someone told me that stand-up trick where it's, like, you put the mic right on your chin like a razor, and I've just never, never stopped doing it's, it's that. It's
1: more like this. You want, you want it like that? Yeah. So, like, in, in, in radio, when you have the mic like this, you just do this, and then you're just like... But that's in, if it's in a stand. Okay. So, like, you can pretty much
0: modulate i'm learning microphone technique 15 years into comedy everybody <laughs> <laughs> this is this is courtney farrington this is one of my oldest friends in comedy and uh i i like i normally I prepare like a list of questions yeah you know how to, I, I don't have yeah, to do you that no que- qu- <laughs> <you know, laughs> questions we can pick up right where we left off at alia a <laughs> where we were on uh what,
1: what night was it? the night's went together it was thursday I, Bro, I, honestly yeah. i don't i don't know i think it was no that was a monday
0: no, because the, the wildfires were in town. It was the first day of wildfires.
1: It couldn't have been a Thursday. I have a show Thursday, so there's no way I would have been out. So Tuesday? it had to be like Monday, Tuesday. Okay. Maybe Tuesday.
0: Okay. All right. It's all coming back. Every now and then, Courtney and I will go out on like little fat guy dinners. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, they're the best. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, where do you like, we pick a genre. Yeah. And then we just like kind of go to town and the whole thing. And th- th- last week's uh, choice was, uh, I don't even, I can't even pronounce it correctly and i feel like if i do pronounce it correctly i'm being a pretentious dipshit
1: it was like it was uh, italian yeah we just it was italian The i like that uh as we've gotten older the restaurants have gotten nicer (laughs) i didn't realize that until you just
0: brought it up because now i'm having flashbacks to like 2014 and that uh the corner store in a story where it's like hey man it's a special night we're gonna we're gonna go fuck up a rap at the bodega hey, you, the you know what
1: I mean? I mean we spent some time at bear burger before yeah uh the one uh it was i guess it was me you mike brian in a in long island city oh oh yeah back that was in a the nice day one yeah. yeah so it's just like we've uh the, before this was vietnamese and we were eating sh- I, we were eating shit we would never eat regularly i
0: don't think i, I had a pate i don't think i've yeah. ever had a pate in my entire life that place was good and i went for it. what was it called again we like stumbled on it because Joe Biden fucked up our uh, our dinner plan. Just shut down <laughs> the street, <laughs> <laughs> the one street we wanted to go dude, to. We were talking down. shit the whole week too, where it's like, man, this place we're going to on Friday, it's gonna be awesome. It's just got all these great reviews on Yelp, and I just show up and it's just blacked out, and the whole oh street is God. shut down because Joe
1: Biden is like twenty blocks nearby. I don't remember what the place was called, but I just remember it's still there. I walk by it occasionally, and I I want to go back. All right, well that that will we'll have to we'll
0: circle back on that circle one back. and follow up, dude you talk about the restaurants getting better. I remember one of the first six months I was in New York, I got like $50 from a grandmother for Easter. And I was... (laughs) (laughs) And our good friend Lafayette Wright had just moved here. And, you know, he was on the, uh, the steady Doritos diet. Oh, my God. Didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a lot of nutrition. Yeah. So I was like fuck it we ball yeah and we went to five napkin burger yeah that was that was like holy cow look at us we're really treating ourselves was that
1: the one in union square
0: yeah it's not there anymore they changed it i also i threw up in that bathroom one time
1: (laughs) from the food no i I think
0: i was drunk yeah it was like a saint patrick's day it was one of those things where i wasn't hanging out with comedy people i was hanging out with college friends oh yeah that's
1: what i said and you know
0: like you get you cross like the 25 threshold and you know the biological things that that stop you from partying too much have kicked in, yeah. but you haven't realized it yet. Yeah, I had that and just day drank a little too much, housed a giant burger, and then I was sitting there. It's like... Mm, this y- your body's
1: happen. like, yo, we don't do this anymore.
0: You, do we pay taxes? We yeah. have a 401k. This isn't Sigma Chi anymore.
1: Uh, when I... Uh, I remember getting some new furniture and Mike and Elizabeth were uh hanging out in Astoria. By the way,
0: this is all going to be inside baseball, like for DC, oh, like Northern Virginia DC comedians that that we started out with and hung out with all the time. Our Sh- good friend Mike Eltringham and his out, wife Elizabeth.
1: Yeah, shout out Mike and Elizabeth. Uh I remember like being excited that they were in the neighborhood. I don't know if they had just moved to the neighborhood or if they moved to a different apartment, but I I remember being excited to go to a bar and we were going wine deep at this bar. <laughs> I mean, and I, I can't tell you how much wine I had, <laughs> but I remember coming home and I had some like new furniture that I had stopped putting together so I could go meet them. And I'm drunk trying to use a power drill <laughs> and put Ikea furniture together. And I'm like, fucking it up. And the next thing I know, I remember I got to throw up. I ran across my apartment and threw up, tried to clean it up and laid down. <laughs> Lafayette was staying with me the next <laughs> He comes. He comes and he goes. Hey man, did you throw up? <laughs> and I was like, Yo man, I'm all. It's all bad. Um, it's.
0: I love the fact that you, like you try to do some responsible shit when you get back from the bar. Just because like no, it's wine. It's wine. I'm fine. That's I'm, fine. That, that's an adult beverage. It's yeah. not like I was slamming sixteen rum and cokes. Then I'd have to pass out. Like if you drink a couple bottles of wine, you can put together some IKEA furniture.
1: It was a it was a wardrobe with the with a mirror door. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, I couldn't put that together now, stone cold sober.
1: Oh, it, man, I thought that I was drunk and I could balance it, level it, drill the hinges. The and, yeah, it. no, it, 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 I broke some shit. That's
0: harder than passing a DUI test. You can't, you couldn't do that. Not even close. Oh,
1: my God. It was, it was the worst decision I ever made. And it's the last time I threw up. Oh, uh, Yeah, it's the last time I threw up. Do you have the,
0: like, on Seinfeld where Jerry knows the date, the last date he threw up?
1: Yeah, I know the last date. I remember, I remember exactly how I felt. And I remember going, I'm too old to keep doing this. <laughs> And Mike and Elizabeth were fine. They were just like, yeah, no, we were kind of hungover, but we were good. I'm like, we,
0: shit. Because you would like, when you moved here, you weren't a wine guy yet, but you, I think you eventually, you became a wine guy like a year or two after yeah. moving
1: here, right? So yeah. were you new to wine at that time? Uh, I was, yeah, I was still drinking bar wine, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't turn into a wine snob yet. I was just like, what kind of reds do you have? And they started naming it. And I'm like, yeah, that one. Yeah, whichever one has the most
0: syllables, yeah. just give me that one. <laughs>
1: Which one did you uh, is not open? I'm like whatever one's not open, open it and give it to me. Uh, isn't that like the opposite of what
0: you want? So you don't you want the wine to be already be open and to have breathed? Am I uh, am I am I overstepping there? Am I wrong? No,
1: no, you're not wrong. But a bar wine doesn't need to breathe. Okay, <laughs> a bar wine's not old enough to have like been like compounded and compacted. A bar wine's like seven minutes old. There's no legs on that shit. Yeah, there's no legs. If it's open already, it's because. Most people in a bar don't don't drink wine, so if it's open, it's been open for a while. And I mean, uh, there's like a shelf life in a refrigerator is five days. Okay, so you knew enough not to have the open bar wine. Yeah,
0: but not enough to not enough not to. <laughs> just. Dude, I feel like I mean we could do this for hours just because. Again, Courtney's one of my oldest friends in comedy, and just I I feel like, you got here about a year after I did. Yeah. But I feel like, together, we have gone through like the five steps of grieving our comedy careers because <laughs> like <laughs> what are the steps it's like denial anger yeah. accept it or bargaining yeah uh something and then acceptance but like the the amount of time that courtney and i have spent in each other's cars mm-hmm. like after driving back from a late open mic or a show just being like what the fuck man this is bullshit i
1: can't believe that person got booked and i'm not booked and and uh Look at us. Bitter bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, every step of that grief I can tell you where we had that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you where we were sitting in New York City in a car when we had that conversation. Uh we had a good one uh right before we got to the Queensboro Bridge one time.
0: Oh, because it's sitting in all that traffic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh dude, those are always the worst because you're upset about comedy and you're in traffic. Yeah. And then it's, it's like, well, there's not there's nothing else to do right now, but just like pour out to be with your thoughts. Yeah.
1: You can't hear the music. You, everything about traffic is making you mad and you're just replaying. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? What am I doing here? <laughs> It goes from
0: the very specific to the very general. Yeah, and like I, for me, I, anytime I would uh, mess up a handshake with somebody, whether it was like a booker or a comic at, at a club, whether like you know when I just didn't get the, the the hooks in there properly, I would spiral out and be like, oh, I messed that up, and uh, that guy thinks I'm an idiot. Uh, uh I, no one ever wants to talk to me. I'm gonna be a failure for the rest of my life, and it just kind of goes out like that.
1: I, I get I get those. I I can't I can't start small talk so if, if small talk. so if someone springs springboards us back into small talk i can get in but i'm not the starter of small talk mm-hmm. so if i go to a venue and people are standing around talking and i got to walk up and say something first or i got to introduce myself it's all bad <laughs> it's all bad
0: i uh yeah i struggle with that big time which again we've talked about a lot but uh i think that it's just kind of why i've stopped Probably to my own detriment. I've like stopped going to shows and like hanging out and showing face because I don't really know anybody. Um, COVID was an accelerant for a lot of things, but I think it was especially an accelerant for kind of churning out our class of comedians. Basically, like churning out millennial comedians from that sort of scene and churning in the young gen z kids, so stuff for me like uh, it opens back up in like 2021 and i show up places and it's like who are these people i don't know them they're all friends from like doing shows in central park together
1: <laughs> and then there's just <laughs> no way for me to kind of like insert myself i mean yeah they trauma bonded through the the pandemic and now they're just like we're brothers in arms mm-hmm. and you're like i'm not hey guys what about me <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm I'm, a, not... I'm
0: in my mid-30s Do you guys need financial <laughs> advice <laughs> I can talk to you about day job stuff. Oh, Um, you you don't have one or want one or you guys don't, nobody wants to work anymore? Okay, that's fine.
1: I feel like our generation came out of the pandemic on top, honestly. I feel like uh, I came came out behind and it was like I didn't didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. And like I started Zoom shows and I remember feeling so bad after a Zoom show. And it was like a West Coast Zoom show. So I was thinking, all right, well, the Zoom show was probably going to be like 8 o'clock. And they're like, yeah, yeah, 8 o'clock. And they're like, no, 8 o'clock West Coast time. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay. <clears throat> so then, with nothing to do, not being able to go outside, I had to stay up in time for this show. <laughs> I had to stay up for this show and then get the energy together and like do a set, which any other time, an 11 o'clock set, that's fine. How much time
0: do you have to do? Ah, uh, Like 10 or 15? Oh, yeah. But on a Zoom, that, is, that, mo- that time
1: moves very slowly. Yeah. Right. So like at 10.50... Uh, ten thirty. I had to like set up a background, get my lighting up, get in the zone. Get in the, I was getting in the zone during the pandemic, trying to figure out how to be creative and funny. And then it starts, and I just remember going, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at myself, not even looking at the people on the, I'm looking at myself going, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And, uh, it's the last one I did, I think.
0: Was was this just the Zoom show? or Zoom shows in general, or just comedy in general? Because that that, oh. that that thought can creep in rather quickly.
1: I think I was I was fine with comedy, and I think I was fine with the break. I think I needed the break. Mm-hmm. I like the forced sit down because right before the pandemic, I was trying to do it myself. Yeah, like I was trying to take a break myself. Like I I felt like I I had lost control over why I was doing it. Mm, what do you mean? So, um originally getting into comedy it was just about i like that feeling of making people laugh like none of it all of the other shit if something happens that's dope but like being up there and just like actually doing it and making people laugh i was a shy kid so like to get on stage and like say shit into a microphone and people laugh i'm like that's actually pretty cool so uh at some point i moved here and i was like yeah you know you move here to move here and then shit happens maybe so i'm here and like i'm telling jokes i'm having fun and then it was just like we, I, I put this pressure on myself to, like, now something needs to happen. I got to create something. I got to make something happen. And it's like, you can't make things happen. Yeah. You can work hard, and something might go right for you. But, like, it's all a lottery. So when you moved here, you didn't move here with the
0: intent intention of, like, I'm going to make something big happen, or I'm moving here for a purpose to get big, or it was just kind of like, this is a fun place to do comedy?
1: Um, So it was one of the things of, like, I think it – thinking back to that – if i would have moved here with the purpose of uh getting something then i would have known what it was i was working towards and I, like i had no idea what my options were when i moved here so it was like it wasn't like i was moving here to get on snl or i was moving here to write for a show i was like i don't know any of those things at all i didn't ask anybody i'm not paying attention i got a job in new york i'm going to tell comedy i'm going to tell jokes in new york that's that's making it Okay, just being here was like the goal in and of itself, just making it.
0: see, I didn't have any of those big goals like that i just I always just move with the intention of like I'm gonna become a full time comedian, which again, that's like right. what this whole thing is about and i guess i've I've been told that that's not specific enough of a goal like it's too generic to be successful, but like i I just didn't know like all I envisioned was just that that Jerry Seinfeld documentary comedian where it's like I go out at night I have three or four shows at like a couple different clubs and then I go home and that somehow ends itself ends up as like a career all I really
1: wanted was that's, to do a lot yes, of good shows that that exactly yeah. what you just said okay. is is exactly what I was thinking just like I get on some good shows I hang out I meet good people and then that's it right that's how that goes
0: yeah but for me personally I that goal I always thought that would translate into a living or like, a, like, a, like being able to leave behind a day job. And like, that would be the only thing I have to do during the day. Yeah. Um, and like st- when we came here in like the early 2010s, that model was still in place of go out, do a bunch of open mics, go hang out at a bunch of shows, be seen, be around. If you work hard enough and you're right enough and you're, you're funny enough and you perform enough, someone will kind of like throw the rope down for you or you'll get some kind of opportunity. And I feel like I did all of those things Um, and yeah, like nothing ever really progressed in a very meaningful way. Mm. Um, And sometimes I worry it was just because I wasn't intentional enough with what I was doing. I was just kind of like, well, I'll be out and about and I'll do as much as I can and something will happen. I I think that's probably one thing I would change if I could go back. But it's so weird because I had this intention of like, here's the thing I want to do, but I didn't have a very specific way of like going about doing it i just thought Mm. if i work hard enough something will fall into place
1: i um i personally think i botched it for myself when i first got here in what way uh um afraid of the big stage okay It's, it's the moments of uh sports movie you check into the game or you get into the ring and you're just like This is a lot bigger than i expected it to be this is a lot more than i expected it to so you go i go from being a comedy fan which i'm still a comedy fan and i still watch everyone stand up to being on the stage and sharing those stages with those people and now i'm a bit intimidated in a way that i shouldn't be because i can hold my own but in my head i'm just like "Fuck, man i'm not i haven't been here wheeling and dealing like these guys she just crushed it and i gotta go up next so I'm like playing to the room and like they're killing the room and they're killing the audience. And I'm playing to the room and I'm like, if everybody just thinks I'm funny, then I can, you know, I'll be successful. When they're, you
0: say playing to the room, do you mean the other comics? Yeah, playing like to that. the
1: other comics. Yeah. So like playing to the to the comics and then uh, like telling jokes with the people. So like the, the people are laughing and the comics are just like, man, this is great. Um, and then I'm like putting that pressure on myself. So by the time I get on stage, I'm a shell of who I am as a comedy. A yeah, comedian.
0: dude. I was just talking about this. In the vlog I recorded today, where a fatal flaw of mine, it's like a similar kind of thing, but it's maybe it's like opposite in its intention for what you had, but it had the same result. Where I would like to go like, like a batter in baseball just trying to hit a home run with every single pitch. And I, for some reason, I was acting as if or thought that like, oh, I can f- jumpstart my entire career with like one great set. And I was just too intense or too um forceful in a way that it just it just didn't land mm. it fell flat and and you know you got to be able to build momentum and a reputation over time you're never really just gonna solve it all in one go so i, I think that's something else that i kind of like that like threw me off
1: and messed me up too i uh, <clears throat> people to be we, you know, when you you're like you're a, you're a couch athlete and you're like watching sports and you're like yelling at the people. I think you're making your wife upset and she has to leave the apartment because <laughs> I don't want to hear this shit anymore. I it's crazy because like, I don't think I think as far as performing, you have to perform, you have to be good at what you do. But like there's a there is that side of like the pressure, like the pressure of from um, the people watching and everyone's expectations of you and your expectations on yourself and that, your expectations of what their expectations are. exactly that get overlooked. So then you might, you, you, for me personally, going into shows when I first got here, it was just like, this could be it. This could be it right mm. here. Who knows who's out there? Somebody from William Morris Agency might be there. And you're like, it, kid, you're going straight to the top. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, Mark Norman or Dan Soder or someone who was around on shows when I was first here is on the show with me. And I'm like, this could be. This could be. Someone could be watching them and then see me. And now I'm just like, uh, yeah, I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to do it. And then they call my name. And I'm like, <sighs>
0: What, yeah. what if what if someone is is watching me in the audience? What if someone important's Like it just becomes a
1: fear factor thing. Yeah, I'm just watching old sets of mine, and I'm just like, um, what else? <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to reach through the screen. Like for me, it's the opposite. It's like,
0: calm down. Like I just uh. want to scream at myself. And you know, there was none of that when we were, when we were in DC. No, obviously, because there there was like the biggest thing you could do was work a weekend at the DC Improv or right. the Arlington Draft right. House, and like there was no. The stakes about it
1: the stakes were high but that not as not they weren't real stakes no you it wasn't know to gonna, gonna determine the rest of your career right so it was just like the stakes are high because it's just like oh well if i do well i might get a feature weekend or you know what i mean like somebody might take me on the road with them but like it wasn't this is like one time a dude from a magazine handed me his card uh after uh fuck what is that um What's that, what's that, what was that old venue, that old, it had. It was an open mic, they had like a, like a, like a, like a Cadillac DJ booth. Oh, shit. Oh, in, in New York. In New York. Revision Lounge. Revision. So I did a show at Revision early, and I remember being like, ah, there's like, there's like people here, but this is, this feels low stakes. And I just remember being myself, and then a dude from a magazine handed me his card and was just like. We're doing a thing. uh, Let's keep in contact. We might want to use you for something. And I was like, oh, shit. Never worked out. Nothing ever happened. Nothing ever does. Nothing (laughs) ever does. But then after that, the pressure I put on myself for everything. I remember being at Caroline's RIP. Yeah, Being at Caroline's doing my first Caroline's competition. And I remember, like, the bookers for the other clubs being there. I remember, like, Rebecca being there. And I remember just shitting the bed. In a way there, I was just like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you get mad at yourself on the ride home. I mean, I spent a lot of time blaming other people. I spent a lot of time blaming. It was everyone else's fault but my own. And then I look at old sets or I think about how I was in that time. And I was just like, I wasn't performing to the best of my ability. And everyone was right. Same. Same. I feel the same way. Yeah. About you (laughs) specifically. I had to do it. I had to do it. I, I, you know, it was teed up
0: to, no, I feel the same way about myself. Like sometimes... All right, this is so disgusting. But, like, uh, you know how, like, sometimes in your head you're, like, giving, like, imaginary interviews to, like, whoever's talking to you? Yeah. You know what I mean? I I always imagine, like, if someone were to ask me, and someone might ask me this in my day-to-day life, like, all right, so you're trying to make – you have, like, this year for yourself where you're trying to make a living in comedy. Why hasn't it happened yet? And for me, it's the short answer is I'm not funny enough or I wasn't funny enough. Yeah. That's really it. Now, the long answer – I think, and I try and say this as a way without like making excuses is in general, just not even in comedy, just in life in general, I'm not that great at like building and developing relationships mm. professionally mm. um so I never got close with anyone in com- like my only friends in comedy are friends that I knew in d c and like moved here <laughs> with. It's like you, Mike Lafayette. Randy, Pete Muth. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's like the whole crew, basically. I was never, I was never good at developing relationships. Um, so I was always just kind of on the periphery of stuff. And like, when you when you don't have relationships with people, you lose out on opportunities, lose out on stage time, and then you lose the, the chance to become so funny that you're undeniable. Yeah. So I was trying to do it just on funny alone, and I was nowhere close to undeniably funny. We got to give this guy a shot no matter what and
1: um i mean iron sharpens iron so like without having the uh, the group around you at all times like a diversity of, of just like the comics here mm-hmm. uh wh- how do we stay sharp really if you're going out by yourself you're writing your bits by yourself then you go home and you re- you correct your bits by yourself but there's no one looking over your shoulder going that shit dumb yeah <laughs> the way you're thinking <laughs> is so wrong yeah that yeah. shit dumb how did you con- how did you even connect those two that's stupid yeah you're making a leap that
0: uh no one else is going to make with yeah. make with you
1: or 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 some shit that you thought you were second guessing and they were just like that's fire that's mm-hmm. a fire premise you got to build that
0: there's some good bi- there's some bits i have now that like are anchor bits that i was i didn't think would work when i wrote them and they worked okay but like like the the joke i have about mounting the tv mm-hmm. i had multiple people come up to me after a mic and be like that's great you have to keep that and right. like I, I it got like a decent enough of a response where like oh yeah maybe i would keep it around or work on it from time to time but like now it's like if i need to if i need to get a laugh, like or I need to start with a laugh, I start with that. Yeah, and I don't think I would have that without the advice from the people that were at the mic
1: and or at the show and saw it. This is, and I mean, this is why those clicks form, and this is why those clicks become successful mm-hmm. as a as a whole. Is they're just iron sharpening iron.
0: I feel like you've been able to like build a group of New York comedy friends. Like yes. I that that again, that's something that I haven't been able to do. Obviously, you didn't do that intentionally. Mm-mm. It Wasn't like oh, I'm gonna gonna make friends with different groups of people and scheme my way to the top it's just like yeah it just came about naturally for you
1: uh at some point at some point i was uh, i because of the small talk because of my awkwardness because of me showing the places and not talking at all if i had a conversation with somebody and we vibed Mm -hmm. and as hard as it was to have a conversation with somebody and it was just like oh i fuck with you what are you doing later like on some but it was it was really and i mean this is uh, this is this wasn't good for me, because I was just like, I fuck with you as a person, so like let's do regular shit. Mm-hmm. Let's just like what are you what are you like. Let's go to let's go to dinner or. Go to a movie or, you know, it's like dating comics. No. <laughs> yeah. It really is. It's just like it's, taking
0: comics out. Stand up comedy is high school and dating like all wrapped into one. It's it's uh, the most awkward, uh, horrifying experiences of your life as an attempted profession. Just for anyone out there who's listening.
1: I, I, it was it was about building relationships in a way that wasn't wasn't based on comedy. So I was just like, if we can do something that's not comedy based, then I don't feel the need to both of us have our head on a swivel looking like goofy birds for everybody who comes in the room. Because we wanna just like show up and like who might look at us this time. Dude, the amount of
0: awkward head nods I've thrown at like the knitting factory, like, Oh, hey, what, hey, what's up? How's it going? Like, hey, hey. But so but for you, those rela- it, those relationships were like an emotional life preserver.
1: Yeah. Like it's like I can't I can't do this. I was like in and out of dating different people and like I I don't bring it I didn't bring them to shows always because I'm just like this is my baby. Mm-hmm. So, like, as my baby, you can't just come over and meet my kids. What the fuck? I can't have another woman walk out on comedy. You know <laughs> what I mean? You, you just distra- distracted me. But I also needed a safe space. I needed a place from comedy that, that felt separate. So I needed them to be like, I'm going to ask you about a show, but I don't really know if you're funny or not, so I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, how was your day? And I'm like, I can actually answer with comedy or not and then be fine. So it was just like I had these moments and I needed an escape. So it was just like if I had people who knew the life, but we were doing something where it was just us, even if it was a small group that wasn't at the knit or wasn't at a cabin or somewhere where we were trying to be seen, it was so much easier to just talk and just be chill. And that's what I was just like, that's what I wanted to do. And then to the point where I stopped, I didn't, I don't think I hung with people at shows in a way that I should have.
0: You mean after you met those, made those friends? (sighs) Yeah, but like, I don't know. Because it is necessary, but there is just a part of me that like feels gross and dirty about it. (laughs) Like it's transactional. (laughs) I know it's transactional. I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm doing. I know you know what I'm doing. And I just, I have a very hard time pressing through with stuff like that. But... Again, I'm probably overthinking it. I talked to Amy Hawthorne about this, and as a booker, Mm -hmm. constantly had people coming up to her wanting something from her, even if they were just pretending to talk about something not related to comedy at all. Like she knew that they were attempting to build a relationship, and she just kind of accepted it. Like it's like, yeah, this is kind of the nature of things. Like she had her certain friends that like she knew it was a real relationship, and she had certain friends that she knew it was comedy based. So like, you know. Maybe having that kind of transactional relationship isn't the worst thing in the world if you can compartmentalize it.
1: It took me a long time to get on Amy's radar. I mean, like, we knew we knew of each other. I remember when she booked a show for Over the Eight, um, and I didn't hang at the club, New York Comedy Club, enough.
0: Hang, hanging at clubs is, like, tough, though, it's man, because you're, like,
1: in the way. Yeah, especially especially there where it doesn't seem like you have a designated space. But I made it a point to like just be like, I don't do small talk. I'm not going to fucking say something dumb to you, spiral, and then never come back and ruin my chances. So I'm just not going to say anything at all. If I come to hang out, I'm going to talk to people that I know, and then I'm going to leave. Yeah. So I'm going to meet my friends there. I'm going to talk to them while we're there, and then I'm going to leave. And there were many a times when me and Amy were at the bar at the same time, and I'm looking up like I should say something. And then I'm like, I'm not. And yeah. I appreciate her cuz she still booked me after even though I wasn't in there and I felt like that was a thing you had to do was like <laughs> See,
0: I've I it's like you're it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation cuz again, I've spiraled when I've said or done something <laughs> stupid, but I've also spiraled when I've said nothing at all. Like there was recently I was at the club and it was a produce show and the booker for that show was there and she books a bunch of other stuff and she was like kind of running around and it's like uh, and i was like hosting the next show because you, when you're doing more than just hanging out yeah you feel like you have a little bit of an in Yep. i was like searching for the right moment to be like hey by the way i'm pete i'm hosting the next show just want to say hi and introduce myself and like i couldn't do it or i couldn't find the right way and then she was gone and out the door the the booker for the produce show so it's it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, i missed my chance to do this and who knows when i'll see her again and she books all these great shows it's just it, this is why i'm trying to get out like just this constant <laughs> spiral of like what i should or shouldn't have done all these things that aren't writing and telling jokes is uh really weighing on me uh, listen man just have fun i know I just know. just easier said than done don't think about the pink elephant yeah. Just,
1: just have fun if if shit happens it happens if it doesn't you're I, I look at it like this if shit happens dope yeah if shit doesn't happen dope i know dope i know like I, less work to do uh, like shit, shit isn't happening, and my life isn't terrible. Like I went to I went to see Star or uh, Spider Man twice. Spider Man. You went the, back to back. You said I want Yeah, goddamn yeah, right. I got nothing but time. <laughs> I got no shows. No one's booking me for I, shit. I don't have to
0: go to some comedy club and try and head not a booker into acknowledgement. I can it, see Spider Man twice.
1: Yeah, I got I got I got zero spots and all of the twelve dollars for. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'll pay to go back the second time because I'm ethical. Yeah, ex-
1: exactly. So I, I like it's like just have fun. That's my that's my vibe. Just have fun. If I get on some shit, dope. If something comes across my desk, my 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 comedy desk, then I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm gonna give it my best my best attempt, writing packet, whatever it is. But like I now I I think it's it's more of, it's less of work smarter, not harder, and just more of just like just be in a space that you're comfortable with. Yeah. And then go from there.
0: Yeah. I it seems like you found like a nice perspective and even keel way of looking for this. When did that kind of show up for you? Cuz again, we've coming from the the old days of complaining in a car about getting booked and not getting booked. This is a a huge shift. I'm like I'm trying to get to to where you're at now.
1: Coming out of the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic was was weird because it was just like I want to do comedy, and if you like, like, talking to the people, like, so if you talk to like was Sharp or like, like Rufat Agayev, mm-hmm. who I had been around quite a bit before the pandemic, they would have like that October through December, they were they were like, yeah, you're probably gonna quit. I was telling them, I was like, I'm of
0: 2020 a- or 2021, 2020,
1: okay. Pandemic was 2021, right?
0: Yeah. No, pandemic was 2020. Vax started coming out spring of 2021.
1: That's okay, so, so 2019. So the, the, the months leading up to the pandemic. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. I was going. I don't want to. I. I'm probably. I need a break. Yeah. I've been going nonstop. Shit's not happening. I don't know what shit's supposed to be happening. I'm not asking the right questions. I'm not in the right rooms. It's less about me pointing fingers at other people, and now I'm looking in the mirror going. Oh, dude, you've been working in the wrong direction for years.
0: Yeah. You know what it felt like for me? You feel so out of the loop. I don't know. Maybe you relate to this or maybe this is just something specific to me. So, you know, like in sixth grade when like people start like making out and dating each other. And it's like, wait, this was an option? Who's, who's, (laughs) when did, Mike Brabiglia has a great joke about that, where it's the shock of like, people we know are making out with other people we know. And like, it's, you don't even hear that it's like bubbling up or things might be happening. You're you're, like six months behind the curve once the news comes out. That's kind of how I felt with with comedy. It seems like you felt the same way.
1: I I did, I did. And I was just like, all right, well now I'm having this realization that it is me, that I am the problem. Mm -hmm. I might need to take a break. I might need to take a break and recalibrate. And then- uh, started so Butter Butterscotch, a show run by me and the very funny Maria Hynek uh, took over our, we can join with Fancy Show. Yes. uh, So like Lane Pichelle and at one point it was like Langston Kerman and a bunch of other people. um, Mike uh, we joined forces and then they were like we're going to host and we're going to rotate and I remember telling them nah I'll I'll help book, and I'll help set up, and I'll come hang out because I love all of you guys, but I really don't need to go on stage. Wow. Um, and they were just like, shut up. You're going to go <laughs> on stage. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, –
0: because I, I was feeling the same way. W- when it came to spring of 2020, I desperately needed a break, but I was planning on recording an album like in April, I think. Yeah. So I think that my mindset then was like, I'm burnt out, but I need to get this album recorded. So I'll just go as hard as I can until then, then I'll figure out what to do. Yeah. And obviously everything shuts down in March of twenty twenty. And like I really, really relished the removal of the pressure and yeah. the removal of the expectation of I should be like making things happen for myself. Now, granted, a lot of comedians took that time to like build careers for themselves in that like, you know, <laughs> vacuum, but that was like the farthest thing from my mind. Yeah. Um, but I never would have given myself permission to take that break. Otherwise and like the same thing with like if I was in your position where um, I'm like on this or I'm producing the show I don't think I would have even if I didn't want to go up I wouldn't have, have have had the courage to say no I would have felt guilty for not taking
1: every opportunity I could to get on stage which is I guess like. That's part of the addiction. Unhealthy, yeah. That's part of the. And, and I was done feeling bad. I was like, I was, I'm done. I'm done feeling bad. I'm done doing the thing that I love and then feeling bad afterwards. Yeah, man. God damn. So it was just like, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have to. I love being here. I love watching other people make me laugh or make the room laugh or hearing a good bit. I still, to this day, appreciate comedy. Everyone's comedy. So like, being in the room for these shows where. You know, just a collective of people and how how Fancy Show at the time had been running for so long that like they just had connections. So everybody who had moved who co-produced Fancy Show at one point in time was just like send them back because the show is going. So people from L.A. and all other places. So I'm like watching fun people do comedy. So they were like, well, you have to host because we all want to do sets. So then I just do a regular hosting set. Uh, I remember the improv called me and was just like, Hey, can you come do like a, like a, I guess November was like veterans day, like a veterans day show. Yeah. And I remember going, yeah, yeah, I'll come, I'll come do it. And I had not been doing regular comedy. Oh shit. And I was just like, I've been doing comedy long enough that it's not going to be hard. Yeah. You can't boo me. You got to respect the troops. But I do remember, I do think that I, and this is, this is in my head. Uh <laughs> I do think that I I set myself back. I I think I think doing that and being in the mind state that I was, I didn't get on stage and give it my all. Didn't bomb, but it, it didn't show I didn't show forward momentum. I didn't show that like I was progressing. You it, mean just during that that three month period? No, during during those sets at the club and with the club watching oh, me and okay. everyone around me burning it down and then me just like I'm here. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good for someone who'd never left DC. The problem was I had left DC. Right. And no slight to anyone who was still in DC or doing comedy in DC, but it's just like, you have been on stages that should have made you a bit better. And there's,
0: it, there's an expectation to yes. like, kind of, if you're again, iron sharpens iron. If you're around
1: this amount of comics and this caliber of comics, it should have, yeah it's like it's like the thing is like you know if especially people who knew me it's just like that it's like you watch comedy from one lens and then it's just like oh you're coming from new york let's see because i don't get to regularly see you let's see what you got to say and then that lens changes mm-hmm. and now it's on me and it's like a bit like magnet like magnified and it, i'm just like uh, oh, here are the same jokes you probably heard years ago <laughs> because i haven't been really been working and i remember kicking myself about that and then i came back and i was still doing uh the fancy show with everyone and I posted a video that got laughs and it was a mini meltdown I was and it wasn't like a real meltdown but I was like recording a bit that I had been doing for a while but I had like some new words that I wanted to do and the room was just like I my 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 delivery just getting to the point was just all bad and the room was just like I don't really care (laughs) And I remember being like, fuck that. I'm not going to watch you burn down the thing that I love. And I got off stage and I grabbed my camera and then I turned it off. And I remember watching that and laughing at myself, like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and I posted it. I took that last second of me telling that dumb bit, it not going well, the room being silent, and then me going, oh, fuck it. And then I just grabbed my camera. <laughs> 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 it's the only clip I've ever posted. <laughs> <laughs> it is the only clip I've ever posted of my stand-up, and it was just a joke bombing and me grabbing my taking my ball and going home.
0: Yeah, like the 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 meta commentary of like, no, 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 this is going so poorly and I'm so upset. I don't want this recorded for
1: posterity. Yep. And then the pandemic happened. And that's when uh, to bring it back to your original question, that's when it all changed. That's when I really got to sit at home for years and think about what it is I want to do. I wasn't writing anything. I wasn't going anywhere I was actually just doing the things that I just wanted to do, but in the house. See, I I didn't. That didn't happen to me. I,
0: what I did, you know, what I did during the pandemic was I like planned for like what I wanted to do when <laughs> comedy came back. I respect that. Yeah, but it, like it didn't amount to anything. It really, all it really amounted to was like a redesigned website and an album where like thirty people showed up to the recording. Uh, you know, boy, what the mean? album was good. I was, I, How was, I was that. I was at the album. The thank album you. Was good. It was. For the scenario and and what was in who was in the room, it it went about it went as well as it possibly could have. I would have obviously loved to have had about like a hundred more people there to make <laughs> it sound a little more full, but um, I I had ridden that material into the ground like I I had prepared it practiced it so much it was like right on the verge of like being dead because I it was like mm. it was too too rote so like it it that happened at the right time. And again, I, I didn't do any video stuff. A lot of people in my position might have recorded it, filmed it, and put out clips. I didn't want to do any of that. I just put it out as an album. It's like, here's the format. It's, it's in, take it or leave it. And a lot of people left it. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm happy I did something in a way that, you know, I, I followed through on doing it the way I wanted to do it. And then that led me to the end of 2022 and this this whole project and, like, you know, what I'm doing now. And I think, like, that when you talk about just getting really clear on like, actually, I don't want to do this part of it because this part of it sucks. That like just happened to me last week for the yeah. first time because I think I talked about this with you at dinner last week where because I said I've, I've had this year left, I have to do absolutely everything possible to get this going. I have to go to every open mic, hang out at every show. I have to be out every night and do the podcast and record all this stuff and put out this content. And uh, guess what? That's not possible physically, mentally, emotionally anything so i'm like stringing myself so thin and so miserable and so upset and just so burnt out i had to stop and be like all right what's what 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 can i drop and leave behind yeah and it's not gonna be the podcast i do like doing the podcast i mean i get like stressed out about it but i I like having these conversations i like sharing them I, i learn a lot of from other comics and talking to people um it's it's literally just going to open mics and and hanging out at shows. I still like message people and try and get on stuff, but like taking a, a fifty minute train ride to Astoria <laughs> to do four minutes of bits and then a fifty minute train ride back, and that walk from the four train that you took to that get walk here, a, Pete, take it from Pete's, walk
1: from Pete's walk from the four train is vicious. Uh, they at some point I've never had Google while walking, stop me and go, Hey man, you might just want to get on the bus. <laughs> R- rest your little footsies and get yeah. on the bus, please. Yeah. Instead of it just being like make a left here, it was like, hey, you you sure you don't want to get on the bus? <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a journey. Yeah, it's like, all right man. So whatever you say, uh, yeah, sure, get your steps
0: in. So again, ironically I've had to kind of leave that part of it behind in the hopes that it'll sow a seed for me to be able to come back to it in the future. Yeah. Like it's not like I'm not doing no I'm not doing any stand up. I'm just not doing as much as I thought I was going to because
1: what I thought I was going to do or what I had planned on doing like wasn't useful. Plans plans are made to just not be done. Yeah. Uh this it, you, protect your energy, protect your mental health. Yeah, that's what I've had to do. Um
0: in the in the spirit of doing things that are fun and doing things that are meaningful to you, you are now the host of the Empire strips back mm-hmm. uh a Star Wars burlesque show mm-hmm. playing in the East Village. Courtney keeps his clothes on just so you guys know he's the host uh, yeah, yeah but no, you show up right. you show up with a tip like who knows what could happen Lando might drop the cape, but uh <laughs> mm, it might i don't I don't think I've ever found out how did you one find out about that gig and and two get it
1: um okay, so holding true to everything that I said on this podcast. Stakes are high. I don't care. I'm doing what I want to do because I want to do it, and I'm just trying to have fun. So I get an email from Marianne Ways, mm. and through she's a booker who books a bunch of shows around around the city, mm-hmm. and uh, like does like talent stuff. Is like in contact with people, but through some kind of scuttlebutt, she was asking for Star Wars fans. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if someone mentioned my name or. It came out that, like, uh, Courtney's a Star Wars fan. You should ask him. And she sent me an email, and she was just like, hey, there's this Star Wars thing that's coming up. Um, Just wanted to see if you were interested. And I had already planned to put my shit in storage. I had already planned to move away from New York temporarily. Uh, And I was just like, I got shit to lose. So best case scenario is I get this show. I stay in New York for a little bit, however long the show is running worst case scenario is i leave new york and i just (laughs) go to another city and have fun
0: yeah and like remove that like really remove that pressure or the expectation and go back to that kind of original mindset in dc where it's like this is for jokes this is fun that's it
1: yeah like i was planning um i was planning an rv trip so like i was like i'm gonna be in an rv going across the country just doing random shows where i can so like that's the alternative. So it's this or the alternative. So I sent uh, I sent that email back and I was like, Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, what do I need to do? Uh, some time went by, like maybe a couple of days a week, and then she's like, Give me a bio, give me a headshot, give me some clips. And then when she said clips, I was just like, Oh fuck. <laughs> and it's like it's not that I'm not working. It's not I'm I'm regularly getting on stage. I'm regularly recording audio and video. I'm just sitting on all of it because I can't watch myself. I can listen to myself. I cannot watch myself on 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 film. The body language stuff is like another
0: <laughs> layer where it's like uh, the amount of times I've watched the tape of myself and gotten inf- and gotten furious yeah. about my posture. Oh my god. Is insane.
1: I I tell him I'm like I'm my own worst enemy and like there's nothing mean that you can say to me that I'm not already fucking saying to
0: myself. <laughs> it's not an invitation to get rude in the comments or anything, but just, you know.
1: Listen, you're probably just going to be echo chambering all of the shit that I'm saying when I'm watching. But it's so it was just like, wow. okay. so I went through my most recent clips and then there's a clip that multiple people was just like, you need to chop up. You need to put it online because they were there that night. Uh, I had just come from another gig back to New York Comedy Club and I was just going to do a spot and then go home. And the show was like kind of late. So, uh, the comic before me, uh, is doing well, but then some dude is just derailing her set and I'm just like, okay, so I, you know, I get aggressive sometimes. Um, so I'm just yelling from across the room at this dude and he's not. So then I turn into a, a a school kid, and I go get security. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, security? Uh, <laughs> there's a guy here talking through sets. I'm going to tell on you.
0: Yeah. Uh, I snitched. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what stop snitching except in the comedy
1: club. That's, Ex- exactly. Uh, snitch
0: in the comedy club all you want.
1: And he got bounced out, but turned out to be some fucking weird, tough, macho Russian dude with three other Russian dudes. <sighs> and I was like, oh, I, well, I guess I... I should wait till people stand up before I shh them. (laughs) I should see their full stature before I all their neck tattoos (laughs) aggressively. Uh, Maybe they don't shush in Russia. So he didn't know I was talking to him, (laughs) Uh, but he comes back in the room. He gets, he gets bounced at the end of her set and I go up next. And then he comes back in during my set. And I don't know because he hasn't said shit during my set. People are laughing. He hasn't said shit. Then I do a bit and I'm getting into new shit because I was just like, I did all of the stuff that I wanted to do at this show before. So now I'm going to do some new shit, get into the new shit. And I look up and there are three cops in the room. And I mean like, you know, hands on cops and I'm like, Oh shit. And I look over at the host and I look over at the manager who are all now in the room too. And I'm like, do I need to get off stage? And I said that into the microphone. And without saying words to me, they just go, uh-uh, keep going. <sighs> <laughs> so then I was just like, all right, here we go. Well, I mean, I don't give a fuck. Cops are here for, uh, and this was the joke. The joke was like, oh, okay, so the cops are here for white people? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you had to acknowledge that because yeah. everyone
0: knew there were cops in the room. Yeah.
1: So I am making jokes about the cops being in the room, and the audience are paying attention to me. Instead of the cops. Wow. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. And then like the comics in the room were just like, bro, you got to post that. You got to post that. I didn't. I probably might, but I haven't. And I sent that when Marianne asked for the tape. I was just like, I'm sitting on this tape from a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to just send it unedited. Let you watch the whole thing. And I'm like, if that's me at my best, but it's the weird situation. So if you like it, you like it. But if you don't, then you don't like me, and I'm fine with that. And
0: it's applicable outside of just straight stand-up. Right. It's like you commanding a room right.
1: and acknowledging a room and being present in the room, exactly. which is everything you need as a host, even if you're a host of a burlesque show, exactly. Star Wars-themed. So when I was like, the the bits, the new bits weren't bad, and then I had to handle something that was in a room, so you just pretty much saw me at me. You saw me being me. So if you like it, you do. If you don't, okay.
0: You got to thank that Russian guy for getting you the Star <laughs> Wars shot. Dear comrade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for helping me do a show where Boba Fett takes off her breastplate every night. Uh
1: and then shoots a t shirt into the audience, which is actually kinda cool. Uh but uh they messaged me back and was just like, Um, we want to do an interview with you. Uh a Skype interview. And I was like, You guys use Skype still? Uh they do, but it's weird. Um so I had to re-download Skype. <laughs> Step
0: one. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. And then uh, we did the interview, and then they were like, I want to see you live. And again, all of the work that I did and positive on me helped because it was just like, I want to come see you at a show, book a show, or have a show, and I'm going to come. And I was like, okay. I don't give a fuck. And I had never met the dude in person. So, like, I didn't even know if he was in the room. So like I booked a spot at the club, I asked the club, I was like, is this guy's name on the list? And I are just like, yeah, I guess. I think there was a, a table of one. He might have came in here. And I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. Fuck it. And then I got on stage and I was just like, fuck it. Here's 12 minutes. And then I got off stage and I didn't even stay in the room. I just went to the front and I was like talking to comics. And as I was talking to comics, the producer walks out and he introduces himself. And I was like, I was in the room. Got to go watch some other comics, but I'll be in touch. And I was like, best case scenario, didn't have to talk to him, didn't have to fucking schmooze and do small talk. Mm, yeah, kiss. Oh, I mean, actually, I really have Star Wars. I'm a big fan. Of Ex- that. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas like five years earlier, you would like, you know. Oh, I'd have been, I'd have been crushed oh. the, 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 the puppy like like of mice and men. Fucking been on his back like Yoda. Like, yeah. <laughs> where, where are we going? <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> Tell me about your background.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's so interesting. You're such an interesting person to talk to.
1: And hating every minute of every word that I'm saying. Just on the ride home. Like, motherfucker. We shook hands. He goes, I'm on my way out to watch other comics. I go, who are the other comics you're going to watch? He tells me their names where I was just like, oh, shit. And then it was competition. And that was like the first time in that inkling of a moment. I was just like, they're all very good comics. Wow. Okay. This might not be my job. Okay, fuck it again. And I was like, "Mm." and then a week later, I got an email that was just like, congratulations. It's your job if you want it. Whoa. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Wow. I guess I'm not leaving New York. And the one time I stopped giving a fuck and started protecting my energy a thing happened dude it wasn't even like the one
0: time you stopped giving a fuck you you didn't give a I fuck on at layers. least like six <laughs> separate occasions <laughs> yes throughout that story so yeah. yeah that's all right i guess that can lead into my the final question here which you know because i've been doing like advice parts of the podcast and like the way i kind of frame it to guests is like so like knowing what you know i'm seeing what you've seen what advice would you give to me to try and make but like since you're like one of my closest friends i can just ask you like dude what the fuck am i gonna do
1: I, I And this sounds fucking stupid out loud. But when it comes to comedy, only do what makes you happy. Yeah. If, if, if and I, I don't mean, I don't mean, uh movies coming out on pay-per-view that you can just like stream at the house and like get all of the fat snacks and surround yourself with. Yeah. Not that kind of. Does happy. that mean not do comedy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that kind of happen. like that pure joy of just like I'm going to watch Fast 10 at home and like eat the biggest sandwich possible. <laughs> but like like if you show up to a uh, to a venue and they're just like, "Hey man, you got to do 10 minutes instead of 15." And you're just like, "I I just wanted to be here anyway, so I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, anytime's so, a gift. Because I because I wanted to be here, because I planned on being here, because I looked forward to being here, anything that you, any curveball that comedy always has for me, when it comes, I'm just like, I don't care. I just wanted to be here. Versus if you're going somewhere, doing something that you don't really fuck with, every minor thing that's thrown at you feels like the biggest fucking lift.
0: Every delay on the train, every long-ass step to that four train, every
1: horrible joke you hear when you're waiting to go up just burns you the hell out um i follow someone on instagram who does uh they just like write out these motivational things especially for artists and one of the things was talking about was like these five steps about your journey and how your journey is not at a certain speed and it's not supposed to be matched at everyone else's speed and that if you take time off or if you just don't do things or if you take a nap don't beat yourself up because you're still doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So like if you're not at every show, if you're not on every stage, if you're not talking to every comic, but the one times that you do go out and you're doing something that you really wanted to do, you're still on your journey.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's, I got to like modulate the going out stuff. Cause like now I've really pulled it back, but for good reason to focus on important things. Like I've been sending a lot of like emails to, I'll just say I've been the cold messaging managers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, podcast networks, trying to get blogs to like write about the podcast and I've been spending a lot it, it takes a lot for me to like really put that together and, and and have the courage to press the send button. You know, reread an email five times before you send it even though you haven't changed anything. That's that happens to me a lot. But what if you didn't? What if I didn't what? What if you didn't do any of that? If I didn't do any of that but I wanna do that, that does ultimately make me happy. Okay. Because it feels like one a new thing. Okay. Because it's oh I've never really Directly reached out to a manager and be like, "Hey, here's what I'm about. Here's my thing. Here's my podcast. I'm looking for representation. What do you think?" Now nobody's gotten back to me yet, but you know, it's all, I've only sent like 15 of them, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> but I, I like that because it's like it's one, one planting a seed and maybe it pays off. Like it, it allows like a glimmer of hope and a glimmer of optimism. Whereas like going to hang out at a show or going to do a, a bad open mic doesn't give me that. Yeah. So maybe I need I need to like reorient. Um, When I do that stuff and make it more intentional, it's not about feeling a sense of like progression. Sometimes it just feels good to go say a new joke on stage, and I need to focus on that. Now the question is: Is that saying that one new joke outweigh the fifty minute ride there and the fifty minute ride back? But
1: I mean, but do fun challenges. mm -hmm. Last night the challenge for me was: What if I don't build a set list? Oh, which is so dumb. Which is so it's dumb because it's reckless. But it's also just like, I have nothing to fucking lose. How'd it go? It was fun. It was fun because my brain, I had to work. It was just like, I don't know. I want to ask you a question and based on what your answer is, let's see what happens. Wow
0: yeah just, it's not it's not it's like rigid it's a little more loose i yeah and i and had loose me, can
1: mean fun i had i had i had like you know you you, you do comedy long enough you have structure you have where you want to go but like you know it was fun sean Patton was on the show and you watch sean Patton, you can't watch sean Patton and go Um, oh, i'm not i don't want to be creative like that yeah. it feels like everything he's saying is just the story that just happened to him mm-hmm. that is just not like he literally down. walked in the door and was like guys you won't believe what the fuck just happened right me. right he told a story about like the first time you touch your dick and how it is, <laughs> how you're not, and how, how it's not your dick in your hand, but just your hand on your dick. And it, But just the way he said it made so much sense. And I was like, did you just think of that? But like being on that show, I'm just like, what if I,
0: what if I took a little bit of that, that energy and like pivoted
1: in, in my head before it would have been like, oh man, everybody on the show is so funny. They all have shit going. And then if I'm funny, then maybe they will respect me and blah, blah, blah and then uh, last night it was just like uh, this this many years in the comedy was just like what if fuck them yeah what if fuck what if fuck (laughs) (laughs) y'all just avoided the
0: psychological death trap all right yeah i think yeah i definitely need some more fuck it in my system for for sure for sure
1: fuck it and yes fuck it have fun what is the worst that can happen We've been. I booed. don't make it as a comic because that's already kind of That's happened. what I'm yeah. saying. We've been booed. We've been not booked. We've been all of the things. So what if you just... I fuck it. And I feel like that's what the people... The people who are getting successful have fuck it way earlier than we had fuck it. Yeah. Damn. More fuck it.
0: All right. Well, Courtney, this is great. Again, very easy just because... <laughs> Just call it like we would have had this conversation if there whether there was a microphone and a camera or not.
1: True. Uh, Sorry for my long winded answers. I'm looking at the time. No,
0: that's a, a perfect amount of time, honestly. Okay. Um, where can people find you? Tell us about the show. How long is it running for? Give us all the, the promo stuff.
1: Cool. Um, Big C Comedy is a uh, social media handle on all things. I am going to start posting clips soon because uh, social media is growing. Empire Strips Back is at the Stomp Theater, the iconic Stomp Theater, 126 2nd Street uh, through October is the, the actual date now. Eight shows a week, Wednesday through Sunday, three shows Saturday, two shows Friday. It's a good fucking time. Um, and it is dope choreography, great laughs. Uh, very, very talented performers, and then me. <laughs> hey,
0: come on! Don't say yourself short. You're you're the best Lando host anybody could ask oh for. Oh my god! He comes out in the full regalia. Do you ever name the the boots that you that you put on?
1: Yeah, I call them something different every night. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, all all like church and old man related. Okay. Uh, and that's I that's how I try to make people laugh in the dressing room when I put them on. What were they last night? Or uh, yesterday afternoon. Um, uh, the air. God loves you, and I love you. <laughs> The left one was God love you, and the right one was <laughs> I love you. <laughs>
0: and the link the link to tickets will be in the comments of the YouTube video and the podcast itself. Courtney, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you anytime. Yeah. Oh, like and subscribe, all that stuff, all the, all the internet language, smash, smash whatever, you know, don't just smash the like button. Smash, smash each, each other. Smash each other. Smash whatever button you feel is important in your personal journey, okay? Consensually. Yes, consensually. Everyone has to want to smash buttons and... I'm going to turn it off now.